Welcome to the first ever podcast. My name is Jeremy Bohm. I am your host. And if this is your first time here, this is a show where I interview artists of all kinds about the first experiences in their art form that led them to where they are today. My guest this week for episode 140 is Matt King of the band Portrayal of Guilt. They have a brand new record out right now called Devil Music. And if you haven't checked it out, you should do that immediately. It's incredibly interesting, especially if you get the vinyl for it. The first side, the A side, is what you expect from Portrayal of Guilt. It's just like brutal death metal meat sort of screamo grindy type stuff. But then on the other side, it's Portrayal of Guilt, but done orchestral. So we get into talking about that a little bit. When we were first, when we actually recorded this interview, it hadn't been announced fully yet. Um, I think it was like the next day the film, which they ended up putting out, was coming out. So we talk about that a little bit. But man, what an interesting band. They're always doing something different, something uh, unique. And I appreciate them so much for it. They are actually on tour right now in Europe. So if you happen to be hearing this and you're overseas and you're unaware of that, go check their tour dates. Um, I also want to let you know if you're new here, there's a bonus episode available right now where Matt answered questions that were submitted by subscribers you can access that by going over to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. It helps support the show. You get a ton of bonus content. There's a Discord channel. We're always hanging out on there. Tons of stuff going on. Um, and uh, if you subscribe for like seven bucks, you can uh, submit questions to upcoming guests. I have a ton, ton in the works. I leave for tour in June. So I am uh, racking up interviews. I got a lot of good ones on the books right now. Um, so, yeah. I think that's it. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Matt King. What's up, Matt? It's nice to see you. How are you, my friend? Yo, it's nice to see you, too. I'm good. You know, just woke up. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Nice. As you can nice. See. Are you, yeah. Are you a, uh, oh, I, I mean, I didn't tell, I, I couldn't tell you, you know, you look oh, as handsome good. as ever. Um, oh, thanks. Are you a, uh, are you like a up till like four in the morning, sleep till like 1 p.m. type person normally? Oh, yeah, definitely. What? I think I was up what, until uh, like six. Oh, my God. What, what are you doing? Like, what, what's keeping you up? Cause that's like, cause I'm also a up really late person, but these days I'm waking yeah. up earlier than I'd prefer. Uh, just depends, really. Uh, like last night I was playing video games with my friends streaming on twitch um but normally i'm just kind of like it just depends really i do a lot of streaming lately so are you maybe because i'm not totally tuned in are you like a active twitch person that like people know it's like matt from portrayal of guilt um not really uh the past like three days i sort of discovered like the twitch function on uh playstation and okay. so me and a lot of people are playing this game Fortnite. I'm sure I, you must have heard of it. I feel like <laughs> it's not like a I'm guilty old, pleasure. I'm old, but I'm anything. not that old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I feel like if I'm like hanging out with a bunch of friends my own age and I'm like, yeah, so I've been playing this game Fortnite. Most of them are like, what? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But I, so um, I just discovered that. And okay. so I've been streaming off of the band's Twitch. Oh, so nice. that's been kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you at the game? Are you pretty good? Or are you still figuring it out? Not bad. I'm not bad not at bad. the game. I just figured out yeah. how to stream. So 
now people can find out for themselves. Uh, for the listeners at home, when he said not bad, there was a confidence <laughs> to it. <laughs> I'm not bad. <laughs> so basically, I'm uh, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, well, uh, I've never played, but I remember when we when we were on tour with uh, with like Turnstile back in I think it was like 2017 or something like that. Um, I believe Elliot, D Fang, and like Pat would like go to like those like places you could play with a bunch of people. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. we're all actively very down and like very like I think Pat and D Fang are like exceptionally good, which is uh, which is just one of those fun things to yeah. discover about your your touring friends. Well, I remember Elliot was always playing games in Europe yes. whenever we were touring. That was kind of yes. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any <laughs> chance you, like, that's, you know, it's funny. It's like you go from, um, I think that's what, like, the upside of technology in the van. It's like, it's like most of us go from just, like, having headphones in all the time and not talking to one another to when you look back and he's, like, just, like, waist deep in some sort of online game. And that that became all yeah. he did. Yeah. Yeah, literally that that's pretty much what I'm about to get into. I just bought a Nintendo Switch. So Okay. That's what I'm going to be yeah. up to. On on the last one he got and again I'm I'm out I, I don't I he he was the one who like told me about it but like a Steam Deck. Are you familiar with the Steam Deck? I I don't know exactly what that is, but I've heard of it. I think it's like handheld. I think or it could be Totally. Wrong. Yeah, it's like a handheld thing, but you can like, from what I understand, download literally any game. Like, right. from dating from like original Nintendo up until where we are now, it just like depends on this file size. But like, yeah, you right. had downloaded a bunch of classic games, and it just looked like the most fun. But uh, that sounds I awesome. Would pro- yeah, I would probably just uh, end up doing that the whole time, which I don't know if that's like good for my brain while on tour. But maybe it'd be better. I don't that's know. That's true. I don't yeah on tour it's weird I always have a ton of stuff going through my head at that at that point mainly stress right so I don't know if I can right so like I guess on one side it's like maybe it would be great because it would diffuse maybe some of that stress or it's like or maybe you're just compartmentalizing it and then um maybe maybe the stress will take take hold it it, at an inopportune time if you're putting it (laughs) off Yeah, I feel like if you're like the guy in charge, it's kind of hard to focus on a game. I try, but I don't know. Yeah, to be honest, like I'm currently playing that Elden Ring game. Oh, which, hell yeah. Which feels more like I'm clocking into work than actually having fun. Um, yeah, literally. That, yeah. I, I only played so much of that before I was like, I think I'm good on this dude yeah and it's been like sort of sold to me as that you know it's just like oh it's like you have to put in a lot of work but boy does it pay off and i'm like i think yeah i think i'm like 80 hours in and i'm like i'm waiting for this to start paying off at some point yeah exactly like when when does it like get fun you know right because it's just hard the whole time totally it's an extremely unforgiving game um and uh (laughs) But like, yeah, it's like for me, I've always used video games as like a reward system. Like if I like do a big task and now I can finally chill for a couple of weeks, that's where I'm like, right. OK, I could turn my I'm allowed to turn my brain off and do this. But let me tell you, this Elden right. Ring game is not um, relaxing. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. It's just a lot um, of running around and, and killing and, and trying to level up to beat the next big guy. And that takes like exactly hours. 
Yeah, and you don't even know if you're running in the right direction or doing the right <laughs> yeah. thing. So it's exactly. uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, yeah, we could probably end up just talking about video games this entire time, Most but I likely, feel like yeah. we should probably we should probably <laughs> just get into this. Um, so yo, I don't know if I actually know this. Are you are, are you like Austin born and raised? Is that like where you're originally from? Uh, no, I'm from San Antonio, <clears throat> so not far oh, away. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of love for san antonio i feel like in these last few years people are finally like touring people are finally realizing that it's like underrated the best city to play in texas right i don't i don't know how you feel about that being from there i mean now it seems like a lot of bands are having good shows there like uh there's a place called paper tiger there that i think is like the main the main venue there um it seems like there's also a, not a lot of venues there right now because Paper Tiger is like the main venue. I know there's like a couple of bars or whatever that, that bands play at, <clears throat> but I don't know. Um, growing up there, though, there were a lot more options and like places to play. And the scene was like a bit different than it is now. But I, I, I'm like indifferent about San Antonio, basically, just because I left because I, I was so pissed at it. But I feel like that's. <laughs> Everybody that yeah. like you know grows up wherever they they're just like pissed at where they're at. I guess. No, I could but, I could understand yeah. that, and I and I imagine you know asking that question. There is it's hard to sort of detach from like what I might know as San Antonio versus what you as you know know as yeah, San Antonio. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, it's like over these last bunch of years, it's like man, I would rather play San Antonio than Houston. You know, like. Oh, Houston. dude! Yeah, I can't say I've had like an incredible show in Houston in years. You know, yeah, and I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I, but. You know, I don't know that anyone's really been able to figure it out. <clears throat> and uh, if you're from Houston and you're hearing this and you're like slightly agitated, <laughs> um, step it up. You know what I'm saying? Just uh, <laughs> tell your friends yeah. to come out because because like yeah, it's like I, I'm always happy to play there because also it you know it it helps with usually the routing because if you're about to have to do Houston day off Florida, it's better than Dallas day off Florida. Um, right. So, you know, it cuts up that drive a little bit, but yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it's the hardest quote unquote market, I think in, uh, in Texas in, in terms of bigger cities, but yeah, I'm always just so fucking tickled to get to play San Antonio. Cause it does feel very rewarding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we haven't played San Antonio in forever. Like, it has to have been like three or four years, to be honest. But part so of like that is definitely because, yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, for the kind of music we play, it's. Uh, I feel like there aren't too many bands like that in San Antonio, so it's like hard to put us on a show or like. I feel like we maybe wouldn't draw incredibly there, but I mean, I say that about everywhere we go. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like San Antonio for personal reasons, but I have like sure. friends there and like it's great. You know, I just haven't been there in so long. Yeah, so I can't no, really I feel judge. It. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. My the ally that I've always had there has always been uh, Daniel Rosen from Bitter End. Oh yeah, and it's funny. It's funny that like we're pals considering our music is so so wildly right. different. Um, oh but, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah we've had you know like we had a mutual from way back and then we ended up on death wish together and and etc uh so we've yeah. always had a lot of love and a lot of respect for one another in just like the terms of of 
I guess just coming out of this world, but in different lanes. So like whenever yeah. we've been around there, he'll always stop by and say hi. And we basically probably just talk about country music the whole time because that's like definitely that <laughs> dude's life. <laughs> right. But uh, but yeah, so it's like whenever I think of that spot, I think of that. I think of him and I think of Bitter End. And then I think of just like, man, it's like nice to be here instead of uh, Houston. Um, so, yeah. yo, when you were uh, when you were growing up, like what was the first thing that you remember connecting with musically that felt like it was yours? Maybe not something that was being played in the house, but something that like you discovered on your own. Um, well, <clears throat> I'd say I. I guess it was like third grade or something like that. There would there was like a after school like, uh, I, I guess it's called daycare or something like that, where you just <laughs> right. it was just like a bunch of kids that parents that their parents didn't get out of work till like five or later, <clears throat> and like yep, basically, me and some friends would be in there, and, and that's around the time Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came out actually I think, and so obviously we were playing that. Um, but at that same time, I guess I had discovered like cassette tapes and I don't know how I actually discovered them, I guess through some other friends, but we had like <clears throat> Blink-182 tapes and corn tapes randomly. And like, I specifically remember like a green jelly tape and like just a bunch of random stuff. So all I was listening to at that time was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack when I was yep. at home playing the game and then corn and, and I guess Limp Biscuit, Blink-182 um, and whatever else I could like get my hands on. I think South Park had just come out at that same time too. And I know they had like a, <clears throat> there was like a, uh, like a special they had called Chef Aid. I don't know if oh, you remember yeah. this, but yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there was like, <laughs> yeah, there was a, a, a soundtrack and it had like, I don't know, like Primus and Rancid and Corn, and like a bunch of other stuff. And then I don't know how I got a hold of that CD. I think it was my mom's or something, but it was just a random array of stuff. And then MTV. It was just a huge, just that's probably when I discovered music. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know like a I huge mean? amalgamation of a bunch of different things that are geared <laughs> towards uh, your entertainment as like a child. Because I mean, if you yeah. put, a, you put like, you know semi-aggressive music on a south park soundtrack that's going to corrupt the kids uh <laughs> identity identity of what of what a, a music could be um I, I swear to god i need we need to go back to green jello for a second a green jelly was this <laughs> yeah. do you happen to do you happen to know if it was the serial killer soundtrack album that has like the three little pig song Oh, it was that. I think it was that because that's the song that we would reference all the time. Yeah, yeah but we thought uh, it was a joke. Which I, I mean, it is. It a might joke, be. But I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I mean, when you're in third grade, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking at that time. I just specifically remember listening to that like over and over. I only in the last few years realized that that's members of Tool. Did you know that? <laughs> Yeah, I just found out recently too, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, it like completely blew my brain because I mean, as a kid, I I was already aware of Guar's existence, so for me, I was just like, "Oh, this is just like uh, store brand Guar or something," you know, because it's like yeah. they all wear the goofy outfits and all that sort of stuff. But then, if you watch their music videos, you're like, "Oh, it's like clearly the same person that does the Tool music videos." 
and now I see the through line here with like the claymation stuff and whatever else. But yeah, yeah. Deep Cut Band. I feel like not a lot of people uh, know about them. And the fact that they used to be Green Jello and then Jello sued them and they had to change it to Green Jelly is just crazy. Oh, I didn't know that. I, w- I was just looking it up right now. Yeah. So like what I had just found out, like, I guess within the same like past few years is like Mike Patton was in the band. Or it's like a Mike Patton. Oh, thing. yeah. I didn't Mike know Patton. Was in it. James Keenan Maynard, I guess, or I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Mike Patton. Huh. Yeah, I don't know if I realized that. Maybe he like did a some guest vote. I don't know. We're gonna maybe, have to maybe. Yeah. I I that's just something that was pieced together. Someone told me that okay. recently. I could be wrong though. I mean, if you look at like wrong. their member section, it's massive. So it's like it seems like <laughs> this it's like this weird collective of just weirdos from California at some point yeah you know um but yeah i mean that's awesome what was uh what was the first concert you went to um the first show i went to was to see this band the jean benet uh yeah random right i remember (laughs) them i my old band definitely played a lot of shows with that band wow really yeah yeah uh, yeah I i was in high school for sure this had to be like freshman year or something and I think it was around the time where I was going from nothing but skateboarding to like listening to more music, I guess. Um, I, my girlfriend at the time and one of my friends, uh, I don't know how they got me out of the house, but we went to go see, there was another band. I don't know if you would remember this name, but they were called The Poet. They're from Oh, I don't San know that Antonio. one. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, they, I guess they were like, a screamo band basically but they they played they were like a big band from san antonio for i guess a period of time that i can't remember but yeah the jean benet played and they were insane and after that i was like oh now i want to start a band i think <laughs> you know what i mean god yeah i didn't realize I, I think i had forgotten that they were from they're from houston and yeah and yeah because like the amount of shows that I believe we did with like bands like the John Bonet and Heavy Heavy Low Low and like yeah. uh and uh like Horse the Band. It's like oh, right. we would always just like end up on the same stuff. We were obviously like the the least known of any of those things, but we just always seemed to be the local on any show with them or like whatever else. But um very time and place. And I could see why that would have connected with you as like a young kid because it was so like hyper aggressive and like i feel like yeah. they were pretty active live too like a very like throw oh, the instruments around type band yeah i definitely saw it and i was like oh shit <laughs> um how soon around that or like had you already started playing an instrument or was that like start part of the gateway um, into doing that uh no i actually i mean i guess i sort of such a weird now that i think about it like how I, like I didn't go to any shows until I saw the Jean Bonnet and this was like fr- freshman year in high school but there was a, a like a two three year period of time when I was like still in middle school and like my dad basically like made us move like he had to go to England to live there for a few years f- like for the military or whatever you know what I mean and so uh I went to like a an, I guess an American school on on base or whatever and at that time discovered like i don't know like rancid i mean i i knew who rancid was before that but like 
more bands like that. This was like MySpace era, I guess. Uh, so I was like discovering Senses Fail, Thursday, Anti-Flag, basically any band of like Punkorama. And at that totally. time, I was obsessed with bass and I got a bass for Christmas. So I would just try to play like Blink-182, mainly Anti-Flag, to be honest. I just loved the bass parts of it. Anti-Flag songs. Yeah. Um, and Rancid. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I was playing instruments before then, but it wasn't serious. It was just kind of like yeah, I want to play guitar and I want to play bass. And I don't know. I, at that, it was just a weird fucking point in time. I wasn't really like an individual as far as like in my household. So it was just very weird. But yeah, I mean, soon after I saw the Jean Bonnet, uh, my friends at that time kind of influenced me to, like they had bands and stuff. And I think at that time, Deathcore was the thing. And they were like, hey, you should come jam with us sometime. And I'm like, Oh yeah, well I have a bass, so like yeah, sure I'll come over and like play some bass with this, and so like we had—I mean, we definitely had a band, but I don't remember what it was called, but it was something. Yeah. So just just real quick though, so uh, due to the military thing, were you moving around a lot as a kid? Like, were you like no, what you really. would call like an like, army brat? <clears throat> um, no, it it was such a weird. Like, so, like, my mom and dad were split up, like, for quite a while. And then, like, midway through that, my dad's just like, we're moving to England or whatever. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> and then he's like, well, you don't have a choice. And I'm like, great. Uh, so when I was out there, like, my mom still lived in the U.S. And, and a lot of that was, I guess, the bond between me and her was, I guess, music because she would take me to, like, I don't know, Barnes and Noble or like Borders, if you remember that. Uh, yeah. And buy me CDs and stuff for like stuff that I was interested in. And, and my dad, honestly, wouldn't let me listen to shit. So uh, she would send me CDs like secretly. And I and so like I would get her packages in the mail. It would be like all the CDs that I wanted, you know, like mainly anti-flag and rants and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I was only there for like. I don't know, a few years and then I moved back and then started to live with my mom and then life got easier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. It's wild to think about like the CDs as contraband, you know? It's like it's yeah, like I would have to hide that shit. Right. Wow. So where in England was it? Um, we lived in this little town called Thetford, which is okay. like I think an hour from Cambridge and like three hours from London. So it's like really random um have you driven anywhere near there while you've been overseas now actually yeah we uh on the last tour we just did i think we we passed through this town called bury st edmunds which is like right outside of thetford basically and it was the craziest fucking thing for me i really wanted to stop in thetford just to like see it again but we didn't get a chance to um yeah i mean but yeah it's always such a weird you know what a trip yeah for real yeah so weird yeah i mean i can't even imagine i mean just thinking about i I live so close to the house i grew up in and i and anytime i'm near it i have to drive by and just sort of like look at it so like i can only imagine what that feeling is like when being so detached and then getting to now tour over there which is something i'm sure you never thought you would get to do as a kid yeah so exactly man what a it's pretty wild yeah, definitely. Did you, so it sounds like, you know, you weren't really, 
allowed to to you see music or do anything like that out there not really um, so when you came, so when you came home were, were you just like full on board like trying to do as much as you could um like, like when going i went to there see music and like like once you got back to the u.s were you like oh, now oh. That you're into all of this music were you try, trying to catch shows as much as you um, could and like kind of make up for lost time kind of yeah i i can't really remember like my first order of business when i got back i think i was just like i feel like so uh shut in that i just wanted to go out and go crazy so i i, I know i was just skating at, at this time like there was like it was mainly just skateboarding to be honest but there was a period of time where like uh i was i think i was 16 and this was around the time i saw the jean benet and then i met or my girlfriend had joined this band and so she would be practicing with them and i was like oh cool uh, and, and she was like, yeah, we need a bass player. And she like knew I had a bass. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll like go. <clears throat> and, and, uh, I like went to meet them and stuff and it was cool. And we jammed and that band was sons. If you remember sons from San Antonio and they were called, right, we, we are sons. About, we talked yeah, about this. Such, I remember so random. Yeah. Cause yeah. so the first time this will be kind of fun. So the first time that touche met law dispute in person they were on tour with that band sons you're talking about okay yeah and both of them stayed at my mom's house with me so like <laughs> both of them like 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 we housed all of them you know there's just like yeah. t- 20 dudes just like sprawled across my childhood living room floor uh yeah wow so okay so was your girlfriend was probably not in the band at that time because i don't remember them uh well like at this time like i mean i was like for sure like a fucking little scene kid at this time i mean so i can only imagine what they thought of me you know but uh we definitely jammed a lot and and at the time the drummer was like some completely random dude also uh we ended up recording like i don't know like two songs or something like that and then I remember I just remember finding out on MySpace that like both me and my girlfriend got kicked out or some shit. <laughs> but or they said something like, Yeah, we're gonna continue on without like Matt and Erica. And I was like, What? <laughs> but um they I th- at that time they were like, Yeah, you're just too young and whatever. And I was sixteen. Sure. So I guess I get it. Because they were in college. Yeah. Um Oh yeah. But uh, I love I how I love I the passive aggressive. <laughs> I, I always love the passive aggressive getting kicked out of bands, but it's like it's, it's, I don't think. Don't yeah, I don't you. think they ever actually told me the actual reason. <laughs> I've I've just been living with I'm too young this entire time. Maybe I sucked, but we did play a show <laughs> hey. or two. We we played a show or two for sure. So I was okay. in the band at one point. At one point, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think then I was yeah. I don't know what I was thinking at that time. Well, I mean. It's I mean that's a, that's a that sounds like a cooler band to have as your first one as opposed to the deathcore band you yeah. were talking about for a second. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could remember the name. God, it was bad. <laughs> um. So yeah, what was the first show that you played? It was with that band. It was with that band. Uh, it was in. Where was um, it at? Shit. What? I'm trying to. Th- it was like outside of San Antonio. I think. It, Kirby, Texas, I want to say. Kirby, Texas, okay. at this place called The Lab. And uh, shit, I don't remember who he played with at that time. 
but at that, I remember were being you, scared. I was about to say, like, were you at that point confident enough in playing bass that like you felt like you knew the songs, you had okay gear, like, or was it just like held together by spitting a wish? I I don't remember the gear I had at that time. It had to be terrible or something like that. I I was scared out of my mind. I did know the songs. I feel like I was decent because I would play bass all the time. Like I could play like some challenging rancid songs and anti-flag songs and stuff. But that's what I was basically going off of. Um, I mean, the show was cool. I don't know. I guess I didn't know the concept of like moving around when you're playing, you know, because the rest of them would go psycho. And yeah. I know there's a video on YouTube that exists somewhere of that first show, and I haven't seen it in years, but I know it exists. And oh everybody else is like flailing around like crazy, and I'm just kind of like standing in one spot. It's kind of awkward. Maybe funny, we though. can just, maybe we can just, uh, detective have this realization that I don't know. Maybe that's why they moved on. They were like, this guy just stands still. <laughs> that maybe you know what you He's can't killing our vibe. Me. <laughs> I probably was too. I pro- and I mean, can you imagine? I mean, being in a band with I mean, I'm sure this is normal now, but like back then I'm in high school with my high school girlfriend and we're like yeah. dealing with high school and like our relationship in yeah. their band. God. Yeah. I'm sure it was not, not great. Probably not fun for them. Um <laughs> I don't blame them at so, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned that band recorded, so that was your first recording experience too. Uh, as, as yeah, like it was, it was, yeah. And I don't think they actually ever used those recordings. They just they re-recorded the songs with a new Classic. bass player. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Classic. It's it's all good. Uh, I don't hold it against them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Do you see those guys around town ever? I do. Yeah, actually, uh, the singer of the band he plays in this band called Pinko now. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess he lives here in Austin now. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. So I see. So I see him, and then like other members of the band every now and again, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, so no bad blood, all good. Like yeah. No, we're all cool. Yeah. Um. So from that band, because you've, I know you played in a in a few bands. I know like Illustrations is the first one that I was ever aware of. Was there any bands before, right. like between between there? um shit before illustrations no i there was like a brief like band i did for a second that was maybe like i don't know based on more of like the sawtooth grin style music i guess and but it was like i think we recorded and i've never heard the songs again um sure so i I don't know if i realized with illustrations were you just singing or did you were you playing an instrument in that too uh, when the band started, I was playing guitar uh, and singing, um, but like right away, basically, I because it was just it was like me and my friend Raymond, and I can't remember who was playing bass at the time, but uh, we were we just like recorded because uh, the, the our drummer's brother had a studio, and uh, yeah, I just like wrote the songs on guitar. I think I might have just played bass and done vocals on it, and then we put it out, and then found people to play in it basically so there was like oh, wow a couple of guitar players and a bass player and then yeah i was just like yeah i'm just gonna do vocals and that's kind of how it started 
is that the thing is that like the release that ended up coming out like coming out at least digitally on that ghost is clear label uh one of them was yeah yeah definitely <laughs> okay right on how did you uh i've known bobby who uh who yeah. uh, runs that label i've known that dude forever uh-huh. how did you end up getting connected with him <laughs> Re- <laughs> um god that i i think it was randomly enough on aol instant messenger like isn't that random as shit uh i don't remember like it was it was like myspace for sure because that's where like we were posting music but i guess like the label definitely had a myspace so we were probably messaging on there and at that time like i guess aim was the thing you know like i i was for sure chatting with people on aim at that time Uh, yeah but yeah he would like we we would just go back and forth about all the stuff and i didn't know anything about labels or like any of that but he was like super cool and super nice and like was down so i was like oh shit yeah i mean it's cool i'm psyched to see that he's still obviously doing a label and it seems to be thriving like i know he just did part of the press for that new chat pile split so yeah yeah i saw that hella active which is awesome yeah um what uh so when that band started like what were you what were you guys going for like what was what was like the inspiration and what were you trying to achieve with that band um as far as like what we were trying to achieve i don't really know just because i mean the band started when i was 20 so yeah. i mean the like the, the lineup at at that point in time like i guess we were just kind of like navigating things just trying to figure out like what we were even doing and yeah. then maybe like a year or so into it, uh, I met this dude named Nico, who would end up being like the guitar player, like in writing, you know, writing everything uh, post, I don't know, one year into the band, two years in the band. Uh, and I, I guess from because we had played out of town, like I, I remember it was I don't know if we had Nico at this time. I think we did, but it was like 2012. We had did like a few dates i think we played in like arizona with like all teeth and like fucking some other band like uh we played san diego with like who the fuck like the the coal trains if you remember them. oh yeah yeah um and i i have Which, some weird memory of, that of band. us playing yeah yeah i remember that band was in was one of the like many drummers that ended up being in culture abuse for a second uh and he was oh, right. turned me on to he turned me on to his band the coltrane's and i watched a video i was like this band's so fucking sick it's crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude they're fucking amazing that, yeah. that had to be our first tour i don't really know the purpose of the tour i think it was just to like tour because that's do what it. you were supposed to do but that i mean yeah. that was the year that we we it was south by 2012 whenever we put together that house show and i got i don't know if we met at that show but uh i met a ton of fucking people there yeah um, w- remind me which one that was because that, that was the first time so, that i ever heard your band's name um so yeah that was 2012 the show was in a garage it was like in somebody's garage and i because re- i remember i had emailed you guys asking about that and like i think y- y'all were the first one of the first ones to be down to play which was we were like oh shit sounds about right because it's it's so crazy like this entire everything is so full circle because like right before i was obsessed with you guys that's for damn sure and in my car the cd that lived in there was like parting the sea between brightness and me and i would fucking listen to that on repeat at that time anyway 
<laughs> Sorry about that. That's sweet. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, so you guys played, and we ended up getting like former thieves, and um, okay. At that, it was like y'all former thieves. Owen Hart, if you remember that band, um, yeah, from Seattle or Tacoma, fuck. they'd be pissed if I didn't say yeah. Tacoma. <laughs> <laughs> I think even also octaves. And oh my god, Baltimore! It was like, yeah, it was it was like this. Oh wait, Xerxes, fucking they played Louisville. Yeah. Um. Wow. Who the fuck? It, it was one of these like psycho things where all y'all were playing there were, there were definitely more bands on the bill i can't exactly remember but i remember yeah. like the red cord pulled up and was asking to play and like all pigs must die pulled up and i think it was a all pigs must die trap them battle set that happened in that garage yeah that something like that right i don't know if that i'm right about that all pigs must die battle set i'm pretty sure that that that, that was the same exact yes. show okay so i just is there any chance this was 2011? Was it 2012? Or maybe sure? it was 2011. I thought it was 2012. It could be okay. a 2011. So if this is the show, I see a show that could be Gaza, Former Thieves, All Pigs Must Die, Trap ah, Them. Gaza, yes. Yeah. Wow. The Damn. show started very like minimally, but then as the show started and went on, <clears throat> it's as if every mm-hmm. band in town had heard about it showed up yep. and we're like yo can we play and we're like whoa yeah you could play you know it was crazy yeah. and oh I my think god it was maybe a bridge show that night too or maybe it was the next night but it was fucking crazy i mean that was the magic of south by at that time you know like yeah. I, I can't say that that still happens but i don't think that no. happens on that on that definitely level, not at least definitely you know? not on that level um yeah i mean the bridge show situation was always a blast like so yeah. it's just yeah all, all sorts of stuff um were you living in austin at that point uh no i was still living in san antonio i think we had just driven up to austin that was like the end of our tour i guess we had played like in corpus the night before or something okay. like that <clears throat> but that was like my first experience with south by so okay. like that's how i remember it and we'll always remember it basically so yeah it, and nothing has ever amounted to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally uh yeah so i mean like just revisiting some of the music from that band like i mean it was cool to hear the evolution where i when i checked out the first when i revisited like that first release um it feels very like modern hardcore for that time like you know the defeaterish sort of you know like that sort of right energy maybe to it and then by the time you get to like the 21st that 2014 record it's like you could tell you guys are probably to trap them cursed sort of like that sort of quote unquote, <laughs> like blackened hardcore sort of stuff that was like super yeah, popular definitely. um was so and then as the band continued it seemed to get like even more and more metal um definitely were, so were you were you kind of yourself like influence wise like leaning more and more in that direction considering what obviously ended up going where we started going with like portrayal of guilt stuff right right well, so like, I mean, I I do remember now that whenever like the first illustrations thing that I did, it was super influenced by the band Final Fight. Mm. If you remember that band, 
Yeah, I Dude, love I'm from California. Of course, yeah, I do. Of course, yeah. See, I don't. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, the, the, I can't remember what the record was called, but God, it was so fucking sick. And I was like, I want to start a band like this, and and that's yeah, a, like mainly what I was going for with that. And then, uh, yeah, like 2014, Nico's writing all the guitar, like basically just writing the songs. I'm just vocals at this point. Um, yeah, and. I mean, he's into like a ton of shit. Like, I mean, he was listening to, I mean, he's just, he was just like on another level, I would say, as far as like, I discovered a lot of music through him. Um, but I guess at that, at that point, I was also navigating like what we even wanted to sound like and like what we were even doing. And like, um, I, I think that's around that time is when I started like looking into things such as like, I don't know. Um, you know how to put out records or like how do you put out a record and or how do you like get on a label like uh, I was I guess trying to connect with people and try to figure that out because this is really fucking random but the we had like a vinyl for that 2014 record and randomly enough buddy from census fail is who put that out which is random Wow, because yeah, I saw it was like considered self-released. So did he just like yeah. help fund it, kind he, of? Yeah, basically, yeah. Like I, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, like he had come to one of our shows and he was like stoked or whatever. We kind of like kept in touch, talked on the phone, and I, I remember like Vagrant being involved as far as like with the pressing or something like that. So he had interesting. To, maybe he had like some sort of connection there or something. Like yeah, he never asked us for money, so. I mean, I don't know what he got out of that, <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, so that was, the you know, I guess at that point we were like, oh shit, things are looking up, you know, like maybe yeah. we'll do something. And um, that was the first time you ever had anything you did on vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. It's, yeah. It's a, it's always an extremely exciting feeling to like <laughs> hold that for the first time and be like, holy shit. Yeah. It, it was great. Um, but from there until like, I guess, two, I mean, that was 2014 and the band ended in 2017. I mean, uh, like we did do another record. Like we ended up touring with the Fall of Troy and like we did end up getting a manager, which was also their manager at the same time, which is why that happened. Oh, wow. Um, we like flew to Chicago to record a record um, and just a lot of fucking bullshit happened with that. Didn't really end up the way we wanted or whatever. Um, yeah and i i we did end up putting it out but it like i just didn't like it or i wasn't like happy okay. with the mix or something like that it was also like internal problems with like band members and shit like that it was really weird at that point sure but, um at that time is when i was like you know what i think i'm gonna start my own band now because i it felt it didn't feel like my band anymore at that point, mm. you know, I was just kind of like, I'm beating a fucking dead horse at this point. Um, but right. Yeah. Um, but when I back going back to like being 16 and playing in sons and like all this, um, I had discovered like screamo and all of that, like, uh, somebody like one of my friends who had like booked us one time had given me their hard drive of music. And it was like insane. It was like fucking everything. Like literally every, every screamer release that you could think of was on there. You know, like I found out about a ton of bands like page 99, majority rule city of Caterpillar mass movement of the moth capsule fucking 
literally anybody, you name it. And yeah. I was in love with it. And also it was like on soul seek all the time, like fucking. <laughs> yeah. Like just give me more. Just give me boulders. more. Yeah. So I was obsessed. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I was just like going through phases. So I kind of like, I always had I, like, I w- always loved that style of music and always carried it with me, like regardless of whatever I was doing. And, uh, I guess it just kind of came all the way back around because I was writing songs on my computer, um, just like riffs and stuff, um, which would end up being like the first portrayal of guilt release. Um, so I like would I basically like went back on my computer, looked that stuff up, and just like wrote a few things. And the drummer who was playing, who's James, who was playing in illustrations at the end of the band, and I was like, dude, you want to like play in like a I don't know, screamo band. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. And like, we jammed with our friend and like, uh, and we were like, yeah, we'll just do this for fun. You know, it's just like a fun thing. Like we'll just, it's just whatever. And then we like, and, record. Then, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and then here we are. But, uh, yeah, it was just so fucking random. Hey there. Do you need to get some merch printed? My incredible sponsors over at Anchorfish Printing has a great deal going on right now. You can get 100 soft style shirts for only 499 bucks. Do the math. That's a great deal. For details, email michael at anchorfishprinting.com. You can also visit anchorfishprinting.com and see what else they have to offer. They are a one-stop shop for all your merch needs. And don't forget to mention the first ever podcast when you place your order. I remember when a friend sent me that first portrayal of guilt seven inch, like the songs for it and was like, yo, like this is the closest we've heard a band sort of um, influenced by bands like majority rule that like, it's crazy to hear like a new band harnessing that sound because that's definitely not a, a sound that, you know, people weren't really pulling from anymore. So it was like such a refreshing, exciting thing to hear and I like immediately ordered the seven inch. Where I was like, "Oh my god, I need this so <laughs> bad right now." Um, was so. I mean, it sounds like from what you were just saying that like that is what you were pulling from. What was it about bands like Majority Rule specifically that like excited you about kind of uh, starting a band in that vein? Well, <clears throat> I mean, specifically like the the Majority Rule page ninety nine split. That's like my favorite split, of course. Um, but the, like the songs written in that split, I mean, from both bands is just like a massive influence just on like the kind of music that I love and, or, I mean, it's just evil, clearly evil and, uh, just dark. And a lot of the riffs that are going on both with page 99 and majority rule, it's like they, there are a few parts where they're like hanging on to the riff for an extra long time to where it hits like three or four different times. And it's just so fucking good. Like I feel the same way about Interpol, like Interpol Mm. does the same fucking shit where they, they have the same riff going for like a goddamn minute or something. And it, and you, and it takes you fucking all over the place. It's crazy. So I haven't really like heard too many bands that are doing that. But for me, like majority rule specifically, they do do that all while being like evil and like 
interesting, you know, like uh, I just, I mean, I'm sure a number of bands have like evil riffs and stuff like that, like metal bands and stuff like that, but it's nothing to me. Like there's nothing like majority rule in, in that sense and page 99, but that split is like a fucking showcase of like all of that shit. It's just God. I mean, and just so majority rule specifically is just like so absurdly heavy like so absurdly heavy i remember one time they got thrown on a bill at chain reaction i forget if i ever talked to them about it why this happened but they literally played directly before bury your dead which was just (laughs) like (laughs) i I think i might have heard about this one time (laughs) and i remember it was chained so like you have the option to kind of stand outside if you want to and I remember that show specifically, yeah. a lot of the audience left, like were out of the room when they were playing. And me and a bunch of my friends who were there specifically, obviously from Majority Rule, were just like so yeah. frustrated because we're like, yo, this is so much heavier than anything Bury Your Dead is about to do. Like, obviously, yeah, Bury Your Dead is, he- is heavy in their own regard and doing their own thing. But like, dude, when like Majority Rule have those like secret breakdowns, you're just like, yeah. dude, come on. On yeah. the it's heaviest, yeah, just the heaviest. Yeah. Did you did you get to see them at all, or was it were they like before? No. Obviously, you guys became pals and everything like that. But like, okay, so you missed the boat on them, unfortunately. Like yeah, when they completely. were first around. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And it, it, like, I mean, majority role obviously was in mind. You know, I mean, that split was in mind. Like, I'd always been writing like random stuff, but it would always come down to like it sounded just like that split basically. Um, But it's so fucking great. Like this entire existence as far as like portrayal of guilt is just so crazy because one, like no one gave a fuck about illustrations. I'm not going to lie. Like that's, you know, it was just, it feels like seven years of waste, wasted time essentially. Um, But like people, first of all, people like cared. (laughs) So that's like a new thing. But like, uh, I just remember when we put those songs out, uh, I mean, obviously, I think I had talked to some people or something and they were like, yeah, I mean, yeah, Majority Rule has like no intention of playing shows ever again. Same with Page 99, aside from, I guess, the couple of shows they had done. Um, so I was like, damn, you know, it'd be really something, <laughs> if, you know, to ever see that band play. And then like not too long after that, I saw a video and it was them practicing. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yeah, this is crazy. And uh, immediately after I saw that video, I was like, I scoured the fucking internet to try to find an email. Like, just, yeah. just, just to be like, hey, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> huge influence. Like, uh, I have this band here, whatever. I just wanted to send you this, you know, just to be like, if you guys ever play in Texas. I think I, I definitely sent him an email and I was like, if you guys ever play in Texas, please hit me up please i will i'll book the fucking show and you know whatever yeah like i would love to play all that um i, I did not hear anything back so and i just i assumed like whatever you know like of course i, get it. I totally get it i'm just like crazy for even like trying to find the fucking email in the first place but like uh not too long after that i'd say maybe I don't know if we had done a tour yet. We probably did maybe like one tour. I get this random ass email, like thin air, and it's and it's Matt, 
from fucking majority rule and he's like hey uh i heard you guys's record and i have not heard anything like this in a long time um and was like we are coming back to play shows with page 99 and we're gonna do europe with page 99 do you guys want to play and i was like what holy shit we like I, I remember being at our friend's house and we immediately were like, I like called up James and I was like, James, pick up a case of beer, dude. We're fucking celebrating just because we were like, yo, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it would, ju- it would end up that we would play like, I think we played one of the page 99 majority rule shows in New York uh, when they first came back and uh, we had been a band for like, I don't even know, a few months or something like that. Right. So it was fucking crazy. Yeah. I was like in tears, you know, just because how crazy that is. It's the coolest shit in the entire world. And then, uh, I mean, I saw you guys play with them in here in LA too, which was super cool. That you yeah. I like came out and got to do that show. Um, and obviously, you know, I love that you then hired Chris to do artwork yeah. for your band going forward, like on a few different releases. And then you even mm-hmm. recorded a record with Matt from Majority Rule. You've have you, did you do yeah. more than one with him or just one? Uh, we did our first LP with him, and then we yeah. actually just did our newest record uh, that's coming out with him. Oh uh, wow! I was gonna so, ask when we get when we got to that, like who who's yeah, behind the new yeah. one? Okay, um, that's amazing. How was uh, how was it going back to him? Oh fuck! It's it was so sick because when we did the LP, he was recording out of his basement, and uh, I mean he had it pretty set up. Like there was a room for like the instruments and stuff, and like vocals and whatnot. And it, it like it wasn't so much as a studio as it was a basement, you know. Um, but it still sounded good, and I think at that time he hadn't done too much. Like with recording, yeah. he was just kind of he just kind of gotten started. I think. I think. Yeah. Um, but now where he lives now, he has like an actual studio, like in his house, like it's a legit studio. And so he has like a bigger room and like a, a lot more amps and like a lot more gear and like a genuine, like, uh, what is it? Like mixing table and like yeah. all of this shit. So uh, like it, it was cool just because, uh, we were all just like way more experienced and just had like, you know, it was, it was more fun to make, I guess. Because totally. we're all friends, we're all staying there. It's like we just wake up, go upstairs, and just start working on it. Yeah, um, it was awesome. It was great. that's cool. How how uh, how long did you guys uh, take to do this new one? Um, so we were at Matt's house for like a week, um, recording with him. Uh, we basically we recorded half of it with Matt. So we did like that and then we went to new york and recorded the other half with ben greenberg who i'm sure you know um not not personally but i know who he is yeah okay okay yeah we did we did the other half with ben uh who did our our last lp yeah so it's kind of like it's an interesting yeah how do you break that up like who's doing what so basically we so this the record is 10 songs and uh it's the a side of the record is five five new songs uh from like us as a band and we recorded those songs with matt and then uh the outside b 
is the same five songs um, recorded with Ben in New York, but uh, it's only orchestral. So there are no guitars, bass. I mean, there is like a, a little guitar bass somewhere mixed in, but it's only orchestral. So it's just cello, uh, tuba, uh, like some percussion, uh I can't remember exactly all of all of the instruments that were used, but it's orchestral only. Uh, with so, are you like overseeing this as it's happening, and like are you yeah, hiring literally. random people, or yeah, do so, you know people who play these instruments, or what? Well, so Ben knows all these people, and I had I had hit him up like a lot like a while before to like line this up. Um, so basically, like we we go to New York and and kind of like piece together the songs uh or like re-piece together the songs it was to be honest it was mainly just like me in the studio with ben like james and alex were just kind of like why are we even here <laughs> which yeah, totally right. fucking makes sense like james recorded some drum stuff and then alex yeah. had like a bass riff or something like that but yeah uh basically i was in there with ben the entire time and so each each day somebody new would come in and record their parts and it was fucking crazy it was like Basically, I, I I assume I don't know if it's like Pro Tools. You can like download like the sheet music or something like that. And, oh, interesting. Uh, so these people would come in and barely be briefed and just start recording and just knew they would just play it dead on. It's crazy. I don't know how any of that shit works, but it was real musicians, honestly, right? Incredible. Yeah, literally <laughs> yeah. real musicians. And so like they come in there and like they meet a they meet I meet them, you know, and like they're super nice and like kill it. It's pretty incredible because they were they would talk about all of the other things that they're doing, like we're working in like the symphony, like, yeah, after this, I'm going to go to the fucking opera house and like play. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? That's crazy. Yeah, you're just like, I'm sorry, I'm wasting your time with my like death metal band. That, <laughs> like, that's what it. That's what it felt like. But after each one of them, after they were done, though, they were like, "This is fucking awesome." That's and like awesome. as we were piecing it together and kind of listening to it. Like anytime we would really listen to it, like somebody from the outside would come in and be like, "What the fuck is this?" You know what I mean? Oh like God. this is fucking crazy. So I'm it was so honestly, excited like, to hear this. A, a really, a really nice. Uh, experience for me i feel like personally just to be able to be there and like witness it how do you decide on the single for this are you putting out one of the well actual songs are you doing I'm like so, an orchestral I'm, thing so basically what's happening is uh it's such a weird way we're going about this so we had a a, a short film made um so each side of the record is 15 minutes obviously and uh so we had a short film made for the entire B side, the entire orchestral side. So it's a 15 minute long video of the entire record, essentially. So the short film, I mean, it's called Devil Music. So that's like the record. Uh, and it's just the entire record. So that's what's going to come out on Wednesday is just the entire orchestral side short film. Wow. Um, so you, and, and uh, the release date is 420. Um, and of course, uh, <laughs> as requested, but so on 420, when the, the release date is, then people will get the other side of the record. 
So until then, you can only the, the orchestral stuff won't even be streaming. Like you can only hear it watch if you it. watch the movie. Who directed so, it? Uh, this girl Emanuela Zachariu Zachariu. I don't know how to pronounce the last name, and I'm probably butchering it. And she'll probably hear this. I'm sorry. Um, but she saw us play in New York, like I don't know last year or something like that and and uh-huh. approached me about it and um i was just like yeah like let's do it because we had worked with the same person for quite a while on videos so i was like i sort of pitched the idea and she was like yeah like i'm down to do it like as it was like a i mean it somewhat of a high budget for us but like low budget for somebody that actually knows what they're doing totally. <laughs> with video yeah. Yeah. um but she fucking killed it it's like very sick yeah and who's putting out the record is it run for cover run for cover yeah cool for cover cool damn um yeah it's so they're get like the people are just getting the new record essentially they're just not getting like the band version and i i hope they think that it's just an orchestral record because i just hope people are like what is this shit well You're relying on people to read on the internet, which, you know, we all yeah. know that doesn't go that well. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully enough <laughs> people will be educated on it and then inform the uneducated people <laughs> about it and whatever else. I mean, realistically, like, I don't care. It'll be but... fine. Once, once you drop the actual music thing, then people will, will I think, figure it out. But oh, um, yeah. so the record's called Devil Music. Yeah, it's called Devil Music. Um, shit. I feel like, I mean, we recorded all that shit last year, so it's kind of weird because usually we're, I don't know, like maybe a little more prolific with putting stuff out, but lately it's been a little bit different, I guess, because this is the longest. Yeah, I I know that's it's a weird thing to have that stretch where it just like takes longer and and all of that sort of stuff. But like I've always one of the things I've always appreciated about your band is how prolific you are and how um you know, you'll put, I think in what, in one year you put out two records in one year that your Christ fucker came out was also this, yeah. like, yeah, which is incredibly awesome. And also I love that you're a band that uh, still does split seven inches, which I feel like is sort of a, a, uh, a thing lost to time at this point for the most part, you yeah, know, like you don't, definitely. I mean, they still happen, but definitely not at the frequency that they were happening right. when we started in, and, and, and it's like, I just, it gets me psyched to see, um, I feel like your band is pretty responsible for uh, introducing a lot of us to Chat Pile. Certainly me, which is now awesome That's to awesome. see how fucking great that band is doing, which is super cool. God, what was your relationship it. there? How did you meet those guys? <clears throat> well, so <laughs> it's so fuck. Life is crazy, dude. Um, I was on my way to work one day, and I guess I just had Spotify like shuffle or something. Or or maybe it was like a related artist or something. Anyway, one of their songs came on, and uh, I was immediately like, "Yo, what the fuck!" Like it was incredible. It was this song called "Mask," and it's yeah. like somewhat of like a, a softer acoustic kind of thing. But as far as like what turned me onto it, it's like it sounded similar to like something that I would write, like in, in just like an evil sense. I was just like, "Dude, what the fuck!" And so I look, and I'm like, "Okay, chat pile." interesting okay uh so i get to work and then i like look them up on instagram to see if they exist on instagram like bit like very very small and i'm like weird <laughs> like why yeah. is this band fucking huge 
and immediately I sent him a message and I'm like, Hey, I, I like heard this song and uh, I'm like listening to you guys is like record right now. And it's fucking amazing. I just wanted to let you know. And uh, I play in this band portrayal of guilt. And um, uh, if we're probably going to play, you know, around Oklahoma, whatever, uh, if you guys would be interested in playing with us, do we love to have you? And, and they're like, yeah, of course, you know, um, and I can't remember, I think like the tour we did after that, we ended up getting them on the shows. It was like maybe like a couple or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so we meet them and they're like the nicest dudes ever. Like we get along completely. Um, and, uh, after that, I think is around the time that the pandemic started to happen. This was like March, 2020, I guess. Sure. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and, but we had played, we had already done, I guess, a couple of shows with them on, on that tour before we had to cancel it, uh, the rest of it. And, uh, maybe like, I'm just, I guess at that point, we're all trying to figure out what we're going to do. Uh, I guess at that, like right when the pandemic hit is when we recorded, uh, we are always alone. So we had already just recorded an album and I had, I was just thinking and I was like, Hey, uh, we were already talking about a split. Cause I was already like, yo, we should do a split sometime. That'd be fucking awesome. Uh, and so we ended up coming up with the idea to, um, meet up in Denton, uh, since it's like kind of in the middle of both of us, totally. Uh, yeah, with yeah, one yeah. of our mutual friends and record the split there and, um, did that. And I don't know, like, I feel like, you know, once they, kind of like popped out and and introduced themselves as a band to like more more and more people you know it doesn't take you longer than like a minute to be like holy fuck yeah <laughs> like something saying? special is happening here <laughs> yeah. yeah and and at that point i was just trying to like put them in touch with anybody that i could think would uh hear me out you know there, there were a couple there are a couple labels that i was like hey just saying yeah they didn't fucking listen to me <laughs> and yeah. now i'm sure they're like fuck but i mean like totally dude, they they fucking deserve everything that they have they're like the best fucking people i love it yeah so. i i really enjoy uh just everything about them I, they have such a great sense of humor from just like yeah outside perspective it's like uh this the vocalist and i you know like i have i've had him on the show and we you know yeah. our friends on the internet and whatever but like his whole persona is really great with just like being a yeah. movie head and like you know just like oh I don't yeah know, he's such such a such a fun person to uh to now sort of communicate with now and then and i just get so psyched for for everything that band is doing um seriously i wanted to, to real quick uh how was reaching out to chris taylor to do art for you guys the first time like what was that like it was so funny because i'm saying this because i had him on the show we've become friends over uh -huh. the years and whatever else. But like, I remember I told him, like, I used to think he was such like a mysterious guy, you know, where I was just like, dude, how do you get in touch with this guy? Like, you know, like, you I can't thought find that his, too. Yeah. You can't find his art anywhere. And then you talk to him and you're like, it, and he's like, I just didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Like, I don't know how to, how to like work with people or, or whatever else. It just like was so sweet. And like, you know, yeah, you, you present, which is surprising. Idea. Yeah, you present this whole idea about this this person having this mysterious art career, but he's just like, nah, man, I just like never made a website. So how yeah, did you get literally. in touch with him? Well, um, I guess like I first I, I met him when we played with them in New York for sure. But I he I 
I was more talking to like Matt and and the majority role guys for sure. Um, I think in page ninety nine, the only person I was really talking to is Mike. Totally, um, he's like the representative for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I I I do remember meeting Chris, and I do remember bringing it up like, hey, like we I would love if you you know would be down to do some some artwork because we just. I don't know if we had recorded with Matt yet or not, but I definitely had mentioned it. He was like, yeah, for sure. Uh, I probably got his number there or something like that. But um, yeah, I had to just texted him or something like that. And from there, like he just called me and like we talked on the phone for like ever and uh, just ended up working out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It was so, so random. Yeah. How exciting was that? I mean, getting probably like the first run of whatever he was doing, just be like, holy shit, we're getting a record fucking designed yeah. by this guy. I mean, the yeah, the first, I mean, he put a lot into that. I, uh, that one specifically, uh, I know for sure. Cause he was definitely like going through a lot and, and that's what we were talking about on, on the phone at the time. And, uh, man, it was, I mean, his artwork is just iconic you know, like there's no one else that's going to match that ever, you know. So um, just being able to be even just a, a piece of like that fucking existence, you know, totally. it's just like an honor, really. Yeah. Um, I've always had a dream of doing a fucking I'd love to do like a coffee table book of all of his stuff. Like we've talked about yeah. it over the years and I think it would just be unbelievable. Like I'd just be so stoked to do something like that with him just cause I'm with you. It's like, yeah, so many iconic covers and just like his style is like all his own. I don't know. Like big fan, dude. Yeah. Big fan. It's seriously unmatched. A, a book would be fucking amazing. I right? feel like he'd probably be down for something like that. He, he definitely is. We've, we've talked about it, but I think it's like when we've, when we've discussed it, it's a lot of issues of like, do I have enough stuff to fill this kind of a thing? You know, right. where it's like, and I can see that being daunting for somebody. Another thing that I think is awesome about what you guys do is, is the fact that you've like spread yourselves out to work with a bunch of different labels all like throughout all these years, you know? Um, yeah. Was there anything that drove that uh, for you guys? Because I remember even when we were on tour together um, in Europe, I believe I was, we had, a, I, or we did have a conversation about that. Um, and I remember just being so impressed because you were already, you had already mapped out like seemingly like the next three years where you're like, all right, well, so we have, <laughs> and I think it was before you guys had announced that you were doing anything with run for cover yet, but you had told me you right. were, or you're like, we're doing this with run for cover. We got this with uh -huh. such and such. And, and, um, what for you is the driving force of wanting to, to, to plan out? Like, like, was there anyone you guys were influenced by or like you thought you like pointed to or like maybe got advice from to like sort of plan that far ahead or is that just how your brain has always worked um i mean since we started the band like i definitely in my mind have made it a thing to always be like 10 steps ahead always um just because i i just want to make sure we're always doing something or or at least always active uh, and never like, you know, dying out in a way or whatever, you know, just, just making yeah. sure that we're always existent. Um, but as far as like planning ahead and stuff, um, and like m moving labels and whatnot, I mean, even being a part of any kind of labels is already crazy enough, 
you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, I just I, you know, sending emails to find a label for the first record, you know, I guess was kind of like a learning learning situation for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I've gotten like advice here and there about some stuff as far as like labels go, but realistically, one of the goals, uh, with this band is, uh, to try to make what I guess, I mean, there, there are a lot of heavy bands out there, obviously, but bands like ours make, help people see them in a different way, such as, you know, we're on run for cover, which is like a fucking pop punk label you know and i would hope that that would maybe help people see that it's not just like we're not just a heavy band or whatever like i i would hope people see through like heavy music or whatever and see more of like this is like i could see this existing in like the pop realm or whatever i mean shit there was like fucking corn slipknot you know shit like that That, that's a real thing you know totally like I mean, and one of the low key goals is like, I want to get to a point where we are where Corn was when Follow the Leader came out. You know what I mean? Like where, like when is our Follow the Leader coming? Oh, it's coming. Um, but you know, just that kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, we're not just you know shoot into like one category or some shit like that. You, like we can do it all. I'm. It's like reinventing, like trying to reinvent what heavy music is essentially um i love that i mean you guys are obviously clear-minded with that too especially with taking weird risks and and sonic changes and like obviously with this record you have coming out it's like you're doing something different and you're thinking about that do you not to us not to put this assumption on you but like with you commenting on feeling like you lost seven years with the previous band um, mm-hmm. do you think that could play a role in your wanting to make sure you're super proactive just so there is no lost time? Oh, definitely. I mean that and like, you know, having like a, like a midlife crisis kind of situation where I'm like, dude, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm getting old fast, man. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to do it now before it's too late. Um, you, uh, you're like, gonna... really could have used that seven years. Yeah. Well, you're someone who, uh, who just historically looks. 22 so you're doing fine, dude (laughs) (laughs) i know i was just watching this is i'm sorry this is off topic but i was just watching goodwill hunting last night yeah Yeah. and i uh i looked up like how old they were in that movie and like matt damon was like 27 and then ben affleck was 25 and i'm like dude they look like 35 or like 30 (laughs) yeah yeah like people used to look older and yeah. now here I am looking like fucking 20 something and I'm like uh-huh. 30 something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, so weird. Well, dude, I mean, I've, you know, before I hit you with the last question, like I've always appreciated yeah. uh, your guys drive, um, who you guys put on um, and just, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, bands with like extreme work at work ethic, like always gets me stoked. You know, and and you're one yeah, of those bands that same. I've always looked to and been like, damn, I I I love like how hard you guys grind, um, and seemingly do it out of like just pure love for what you're doing, um. So yeah, keep it up. It's fucking, Thanks. it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, thank uh, you. All right, dude. So when was the first time you felt like you were doing the thing you'd been working so hard towards? 
Damn. I I I feel like that moment has kind of happened a few times because uh, touring with Page 99 and Majority Rule is, I mean, that's why I started this fucking band, essentially. Um, so, yeah, playing with them and then being able to tour with them was like, I can't believe this shit. This is fucking yeah. crazy. Um, and, I mean, again, touring with you guys in Deaf Heaven, that's another one. You know what I mean? Because I like was such, you know, I would listen to Touche over. I mean, I, I was in a deaf heaven for sure, but I was like, I mean, I, I know I'm not alone. And like, I was obsessed with you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like an honor yeah, to even yeah. be, a, be able to tour with you guys. Uh, so that's another one. And then when we played in in, in London together uh, and that show was sold out. And so for me, I was, it was like a, another one of those moments because I'm like, Dude, I used to live here when I was so young and like got into music essentially when I lived here. And now I'm playing a show here at this crazy place and it's sold out, even though it's not me, you know. But I mean You had a part in it. Like Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But you know what I'm saying? Like when when we headline and it's like fucking uh in like sold out there, then I'll be this that it'll be another moment for me. Sure. Um but yeah, I don't know, like, I guess the run for cover, you know, like we were on tour with Skeleton Witch uh, and they hit us up and like we went to their office and I'm like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> Just because I kept up with like their, you know, content yeah. on YouTube and stuff like that. And I'm just like, dude, this is so fucking crazy. Just like the opportunities that we've uh, had basically every single new opportunity I, f- I feel like that and at this point you know all we're doing is touring and like writing records and like i'm not you know honestly i'm not working at all right now like my whole everything i do is just based on the band so it's really like i, I guess like a blessing in a way so i'm just yeah. living that i guess for now you know it's it's hard but uh i i I definitely feel like I'm doing, you know, what I have always wanted to do, essentially. I love that. That's awesome. And man, that that uh that European tour was my favorite Europe tour we've ever done. Like it was just every show Dude, was super same. fun. Getting to hang out with you guys in Def Heaven every single day was just like the best. It was just like a great hang tour overall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I, I wish every tour was that awesome, especially over there. So yeah seriously uh, yeah yeah yeah. well dude thanks so much for hanging out man this was this is awesome i'm glad we got to do of this of course yeah thanks for having me and that is our show thank you so much to matt for coming on and thank you for listening Reminder, there's a bonus episode available right now if you go to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon and uh, subscribe for as little as $3 and you can get access to that. And hey, if you enjoyed this and you haven't subscribed to the show on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is you're listening to this, please do so. Leaving a positive rating and review, these things really help. It's why everyone asks you to do it. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your week. Take care. Bye-bye.